Welcome to the Northbound Wealth Podcast. All opinions expressed by me, my co-hosts, or my guests are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Northbound Wealth Management, LLC. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment, tax, or legal advice, or as a solicitation to offer or buy any securities. Clients of Northbound Wealth Management LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hello, everybody. This is the Northbound Wealth Management Weekly Market Insights Podcast with Brent Foster, founder and CEO of Northbound Wealth Management. This is week 28, and it is January 23rd, 2023. So what is going on in the markets, mixed results following weak economic data. So stocks showed mixed results last week as recession fears resurfaced in response to weak economic data and a tepid start to a new corporate earnings season. The Dow Jones Industrial Average skidded 2.70% while the S&P 500 declined 0.66%, but the NASDAQ composite gained 0.55% for the week. The MSCI EFA index, which tracks developed overseas stock markets, lost 0.50%. So what's what does that mean for the Dow? The Dow closed at 33,375. Year to date, that's up 0.69%. The NASDAQ closed at 11,140. That's up 6.44%. The MSCI EFA index closed at 2,070. That's up 6.49%. And the SP 500 closed at 3,972 last week. That's up 3.47% for the year or year to date. The US Treasury, let's look at the 10 year note. It closed at 3.48%. Year to date, that's down 0.40%. Mixed economic data. So again, stocks weakened to start the week amid discouraging corporate earnings and troubling economic data, disappointing retail sales and manufacturing reports sparked concerns that the Fed may have gone too far in hiking rates while a drop in initial jobless claims diminished chances of a near-term pause in rate hikes. Welcome news from two big tech names on Friday powered a strong rally that mixed significant indices. The start of the earnings season was a drag on investor sentiment, while 69% of the S&P 500 constituent companies that reported earnings by Thursday, which is 48 companies, exceeded expectations. The percentage of beats is below the three-year average. More concerning, however, was that average earnings declined by more than 2% consumers retrenched. So retail sales fell 1.1% in December, capping an overall week holiday shopping season. November retail sales were revised downward uh, by uh, 1% from the earlier estimate of 0.6% or 60 basis points of 1%. Compared to November through December of 2021, sales increased by 5.3% below the 6 to 8% increase expected by the national Retail Federation. Many economists viewed these lackluster numbers as evidence of a weakening consumer. A more cautious consumer raises more concerns about a recession at some point this year since the primary driver of U.S. economic growth is consumer spending. So this week, key economic data. Tuesday, purchasing managers index composite. Thursday, GDP or gross domestic product, durable goods, orders, uh, new home sales, jobless claims, and then Friday consumer sentiment surveys. Uh, This week, notable companies reporting earnings. Let's see here. We've got 
Tuesday, it's a big week. Microsoft, uh, GE, Verizon, Johnson & Johnson, Lockheed Martin, Texas Instruments, Union Pacific, DR Horton, and Raytheon Technologies. Wednesday, AT&T, the Boeing Company, Tesla, uh, IBM, LAM, uh, Abbott Labs, CSX Corp, Next Era Energy, Kimberly Clark Corp, and then you've got Norfolk Southern and General Dynamics. Thursday, Intel, Visa, MasterCard, Blackstone, Northrop Grumman, uh, Southwest Airlines, and Rockwell Automation. On Friday, we've got Chevron, HCA Healthcare, American Express, and Colgate Palm Olive. I heard Michael Wilson of Morgan Stanley uh, get on and talk about how. Uh, what their expectations are for the stock market in the first part of this year. And actually kind of in line with what I was thinking as far as support levels from a technical perspective, uh, he was saying around 3,500 to 3,570 is a base case as far as where the market's going to go. Um, and here we are trading near 4,000. Uh, that's probably surprising to most people if they hear that. And then he was saying that uh, he thinks that if, if things get really bad or really severe, he could see the, the stock market trading down to a technical level of around 3,000 uh, and, and before recovering substantially from there. So uh, just so that you guys know, from a technical perspective, I've been tracking it as well, running my own numbers and looking at my own charts. And that's kind of what I see happening in this uh, ongoing bear market and the trend uh, it, it doesn't look like we're breaking out. It looks like the market's kind of weakening. I've talked about that over the last uh, multiple months now. And um, that would certainly be recessional levels that consensus is uh, effectively the big banks and everybody's talking about um, that happening. But what is probably not happening is uh, people thinking that a recession is going to be severe. Um, that's actually an outlier uh, that Marco Kalanovic in JP Morgan's note I put out on the last podcast talked about um, that that people aren't pricing in that, uh, which is the Fed continues to raise rates and keeps rates higher for longer and inflation actually sticks around longer than people expect. So uh, the Fed has to continue to hold it and or keep raising rates. That's become an out of consensus theory. So uh northbound wealth management we'll stay on top of it for you and share with you as the weeks go on here and manage accordingly this is fourth quarter 2022 earnings reported in the first quarter of 2023 this will be a busy week for earnings with 18 percent of s p 500 companies re representing 25 percent of the market cap reporting of the s p 500 roughly four percent of these companies representing 10 percent of the market cap will be reporting on 124, that's today. Key companies to watch, including Microsoft, Johnson & Johnson, Danaher, Verizon, and Texas Instruments. Note, unlike uh, the first quarter through third quarter earnings seasons, Q4, which is at the end of last year, tends to be more spread out. Uh, there's no weeks of greater than 30% of companies reporting. Uh, therefore, this will be the first busy day uh, reporting week of five weeks. Uh, beats versus misses with 11% of S&P 500 companies having reported 57% are beating on fourth quarter earnings versus 70% average of the last four quarters. Um, and 61% are beating revenues estimates. 
versus 69%. The earliest set of earnings releases have been concentrated within financials with 42% of the sector reporting so far. Earnings beats have been underwhelming with 46% of financials beating earnings versus 64%, though uh, sales beats were more in line with recent history of 54% versus 53%. So we've got some surprises and growth. While still early, uh, earnings have surprised to the downside by 5.5% versus 4.1% on average through the past four quarters and 4.1% X financials. For companies that have reported fourth quarter revenue growth is 7.1% year over year and net income growth is down 8.5% versus uh, down 0.3% X financials. For fourth quarter, we expect positive 4 to 5% earnings surprise on the back of resilient demand. Last quarter, real consumer spending, which is down to an, uh, well, well, no, real consumer spending, which is about 2.5% growth. Payrolls, 742,000 for Q2 suggests disinflation and uh, better than expected margins with expense rationalization, easing input cost pressures and stabilizing USD. So uh, revisions since the beginning of earnings season, uh, fourth quarter 2022 uh, earnings per share have been revised down to negative 0.9% to $53.16. That's a, a negative 1% year over year decline uh, through 2022 uh Estimates uh, earnings per share have been slightly relatively flat at $219.13. That's plus 5% year over year. Looking to the following year, 2023 EPA estimates uh, have already been revised down to uh, about negative half percent since the beginning of earnings season to uh, $227.09. That's 4% year over year. Performance, uh, average price performance relative to the market. One day post earnings has been positive 0.8%, medium performance positive 0.6%. One day excess returns for the sector level have been more mixed uh, for financials. Uh, average is down 0.9% versus the median of, of up 1.3%. Buybacks, we estimate that 67% of S&P 500 companies remain within the buyback blackout window. We expect this to cross the 50% sent by early next week. Uh, and today is uh, Tuesday, January 24th. So heading right into earnings, there's be a lot of activity going on. So I wanted to give you guys that update. Uh, those were my comments along with some data from JP Morgan um, and their research department. Excited about what this quarter is gonna bring and then the guidance that companies are gonna be issuing. So stay tuned for more. What would it be like if you had no payments, no credit card payments, no car payments, no home equity loan payments, not even a house payment? How much could you save and invest? How much could you blow and just have fun with? How much could you give? What if every dollar you brought home represented an opportunity for the future instead of an obligation of the past? What kind of difference would it make to your family, your community, or your church if you were totally, completely, 100% debt-free? How you spend your money tells a story. It tells a story about what is important to you, about what really matters in your life. It tells a story about where your heart is. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So it's time to pull out your checkbook and ask the hard question, where's your heart? If the story of your financial life is telling is a lot different than the story your heart yearns for, then we've got good news. You can change the story and you can start right now. What you're going to learn in Financial Peace University isn't just about saving money or getting out of debt or building up a healthy retirement. Although those are all great things you'll do with this material. In fact, the goal isn't really about money at all. It's about living and giving the way God designed you to. It's about strengthening your marriage and teaching your kids. It's about leaving a legacy and being the change agent in your family tree. Basically, it's about learning what to do with everything God's entrusted to you. Financial Peace University gives you the one thing the average American family is missing in their money, a plan. We can provide the what and the how, but there's something you've got to bring to the table if you want this to work. You've got to bring your why. Why are you doing this? Why are you cracking open the book and starting this class? Why are you giving up a couple of hours a week for nine weeks to talk about money? Why do you want to change your story and what will it look like when you're done? There is a reason you're here listening to this podcast and hearing this message. There is a reason there is a story to be told. Let's get started. So that's the lead in excerpt from Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University. Um, all around our community here in uh, central Indiana, there are a lot of churches and a lot of institutions uh, offering Financial Peace University uh, for those who want to sign up. I'm a big advocate for it. And for those that this message lands on, definitely check it out, a local church or institution that you might hear about Financial Peace University. I highly recommend it if you've never been through it. Also, um, once you go through that process, you'll understand how uh, how money affects you and how you work with money. And it's really, really important to understand your relationship with money. Um, my wife and I, we've been through it and we're looking at things again. And I'd highly encourage you all, if you haven't done it, to do it. Or if you know someone who might be asking questions about finances, this is a great place to start. Um, it talks about the seven baby steps, go through those. If you go through all of those, let me tell you, uh, it'll unlock uh, financial peace and freedom that you've never experienced before. And your relationship with and around money and how you treat it and what you tell money to do will change. And it's going to be a great experience for you. So I highly recommend that. Check it out. Um, that was a little blurb just to get you guys excited. Uh, here at Northbound Wealth Management, we love uh, talking about finances and budgeting and investing and how to save and how to invest uh, through all these tumultuous times that we're in and the stock market fluctuations of up and down. We kind of like to remove a lot of that emotion and have an unbiased view, one that's based on uh, a lot of history, science, math, and charting and fundamental analysis and technical analysis. So we are happy to help uh, as a partner in, in your journey around investing and, and financial planning and advice. So, so reach out to us at 317-399-1107, 317-399-1107. Directors and officers liability insurance. Liability insurance for directors and officers is not just for large public companies. It can be an equally valuable risk management tool for smaller businesses. Directors and officers or DNO liability insurance helps protect directors and officers of public and private for-profit businesses of all sizes, as well as nonprofit organizations and in educational institutions. 
A DNO insurance policy provides financial protection for managers against claims arising from actual or alleged wrongful acts of directors and officers acting within the scope of their managerial duties. A DNO policy is designed to pay for defense costs and financial losses. It may also cover the costs associated with administrative and criminal proceedings and with investigations by regulators or criminal prosecutors. DNO insurance is not designed to cover certain risks such as those attached to fraud, intentionally bad acts, illegal remuneration, property damage, and bodily harm, and pre-existing legal actions. So primary DNO risks, the risks confronting directors and officers are manifold and may include employment practices and other human resource related issues, shareholder actions, reporting errors, inaccurate and inadequate disclosure, failure to comply with laws or regulations, decisions that exceed the authority of a company officer. DNO insurance is not just about protecting directors and officers against the financial risks that may arise from the decisions they make. A key benefit of having such protection is that it may uh, provide company officers and members of a company board with room to make decisions with the knowledge that the risks attached are manageable and transparent. For any questions about this topic, give us a call at Northbound Wealth Management. We're happy to answer those questions at 317-399-1107.